A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means adult language is probably going to be present. Just so you know. From the Bedlam Podcast Network, this is A Tiny Revolution, celebrating our everyday stories while telling the stories and having the conversations that actually matter. My name is Kevin Garcia. Yeah, um, I'm actually recording this before I go to GCN because obviously while I'm at GCN, I'm not going to have a lot of time to take care of this. Um, And I wanted to try and be more consistent in 2017. So this is me putting in the legwork ahead of time and not squelching on responsibility and just saying, hey, it didn't happen because I want it to happen. This work is a labor of love and I truly enjoy it. So let's go ahead and jump into what we're doing today. I'm having a conversation with my friend Jenny Lee Dowling, who is a spiritual energy healer. She and I actually sat down back uh, right after I lost my job last September. And um, I was really sketched out about working with someone who said that they were like an energy healer or someone who was like a spiritual guide because that kind of stuff uh, is not really in my wheelhouse of how I talk about God, how I've, well, at least traditionally how I've talked about God. Um, And she just really challenged me. She said, like, listen, let's just sit down. And if, if it's great, awesome. If not, no harm, no foul. And I tell you what, guys, sitting down with Jenny Lee and allowing her her, to use her giftings, um, like her spiritual giftings and her, her intuition about how to help, uh, help people live their best life was incredible for me and i'll talk about that in the podcast itself so i won't go into too much detail about that so about jenny lee she is a trained therapist with her master's in social work and is a spiritual energy healer who believes in creating and living your ideal life she's dedicated the last decade of her life to her own self-growth and spiritual journey and now shares this journey of healing with others through spiritual response therapy she works with people who want to rise to their true potential in life yet somehow keep feeling stuck or blocked or, uh, you know, there's something in the way of them reaching their full potential in relationships, careers, health, well-being, and so on. In this conversation, we're going to be talking about her work, her story, her experience um, as a queer woman, and um, what she hopes to do with her giftings moving forward. So this is my conversation with Jenny Lee Dowling. Okay, so you are Jenny Lee and you like how would you even describe the work that you do um as far as like with with spiritual healing and helping people get through to their breakthroughs so i would describe it as um just basically introducing them to the highest part of themselves um the part of themselves that is just pure goodness and spirit uh the part of them that really does want to be the best version of themselves. Um, And I feel like that's done basically just by showing them what's in the way and what's been in the way, what's probably been in the way their whole lives, or at least for whatever stretch of time they've been struggling. Cool. And how did you, how did you get your start into this? Because I know I met you through Aiden um, and just kind of like Mm -hmm. briefly understood what you were about and, for me, it was super intriguing, especially because I'm sure like you get a lot of you work with the different people from a lot of various um, walks of life and different faith backgrounds. But how did you particularly kind of like stumble into your own path? So uh, I went to a Catholic college 
And um, I was very involved at that point. Um, I was in the process of coming out as a lesbian at that time. And I was on the campus ministry um, as a Eucharistic minister and uh, very involved in things like that on campus. And it wasn't, I guess it was only really one semester in um, of doing that and simultaneously coming out that I started to feel very rejected from that community um, due to my coming out. And so, and from a a lot of the school in general. And so there was no LGBT um, group or club or support. And I just, I really, I got really angry at God and the community. It was probably the most depressing time in my life because I've always been really spiritual. I've always been very connected to God. And I guess I didn't understand at that time that I wasn't, it wasn't really about God. Hmm. It was about this specific belief system that, you know, that was sort of in the way or presenting itself as a barrier to my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So I, I really withdrawed. Uh, I withdrawed pretty intensely from spirituality, but it didn't take me too long to kind of get curious about um, just other religions and other faiths and just, you know, are there people out there that identify as LGBT and still are spiritual and still connected with God in different ways? And, you know, I started taking, I I became very interested in becoming a social worker and a therapist. Um, I ended up in, because this all happened when I was in undergrad Mm -hmm. college and I was majoring in psychology. I knew that I was going in that direction, um, wanting to help people work with people. Um, And then when I went to graduate school for my MSW, for my social work degree, um, I took a class called Spirituality and Social Work. Hmm. And that was eye-opening because it was taught by a gay man. The professor was a gay man. And he had a whole lot to say about, you know, his relationship with God. And he taught us about, I, I want to say, every single religion and faith out there and their take on things and um, had us do all these really amazing projects. Um, my favorite one was, a, was what he called a spiritual timeline. And so I sat down and really looked looked at my entire life and my spirituality throughout my entire life and started to realize he asked this question of, when have you felt the most spiritual? When, think of a moment where you felt most connected with something outside of yourself, something, you know, a force that's, that's outside of yourself, that's, you know, bigger than you, you know? And my answer was when I do tarot card readings, that got my wheels turning. That really got my wheels turning in terms of, well, what does that mean? What does it mean? I started really digging into that and thinking about my spirituality and that, you know, I didn't necessarily feel as spiritual when I was doing stereotypical spiritual things mm-hmm. and but define real quick for for people other people like for you what is stereotypical what did that look like for you so to me it, it meant um 
you know, every time that I, that I did go to church or every time, you know, I did make my communion and my confirmation and I followed the rules of what I was being told I had to do to connect with God. And, um, so I, that's the way I see, you know, stereotypical spirituality or connection with God. You know, when my teacher asked me, when have you felt most spiritual, you know, like, I automatically went to like, oh, well, let me think of the times every time that I've been in church or I've been connected to, um, you know, doing something that I was told within my religion. And then I took it outside of that box and said, well, well, when have I really felt spiritual? And then, you know, it, it occurred to me that it, it wasn't necessarily in those spaces. Mm-hmm. It's not that I never felt connected to God in those spaces, but more so for me personally, I felt connected with divinity and, you know, something powerful within me and outside of me when I was doing these, you know, tarot readings and um, seeking guidance from from myself and from outside of myself and seeking guidance from something that could actually help me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Tarot card readings, you know, I that was really what got my wheels turning. But then it occurred to me, I not only want to be a social worker and a therapist, but I I want to tie in. I want to be really, really helpful to to people that are are going through what I'm going through in terms of this spiritual crisis and this, you know, spiritual withdrawal and, um, you know, feeling really lost and disconnected because, you feel like you've been forced into a specific religion or uh, a belief or a community that doesn't accept you. And, you know, things are getting so much better today in 2016. But, you know, I'm talking about, you know, a decade ago, like even more than a decade ago. When, right. when, and it, it seemed to be a lot harder. And so um, anyways, so that 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 is really where things really started to turn around for me. And I realized I'm not going to abandon my spirituality because a specific group of people made me feel abandoned. Yeah, you know? that's good. As soon as I made that decision, I I had this reawakening and I started to basically create my own spirituality and my own practices. Um, I, you know, I took classes that I felt drawn to and it didn't really matter what religion or what faith was presenting them. Um, you know, I just attended spiritual events that I just felt really drawn to. And so that's when I started working with a pendulum. You know, I, um, you know, in my work today, I, I work with a pendulum, and I've always felt very connected to them. And so, you know, taking different classes and realizing there are ways to connect with God, there are different tools we can use, there are different um ways we can connect with God that don't include the things that I grew up with Mm -hmm. and the things that I was taught that, you know, this is the way you connect with God, you know? Yeah. So that makes sense, especially for like someone like me coming from the place of trying to do it the quote unquote right way. Because so for so long, there are many of us who are taught like, you know, to connect with God is to Reading, the, reading your Bible and through sitting down with scripture and through going to church and connecting with community that way. And not that any of those things are necessarily bad, but I think for, I was the same, I'm the same way as you in that I was told for so long that, you know, church was from, you know, 10 o'clock to noon on a Sunday when in reality, 
it was like I find church sitting around a campfire with you know spiked cider and my friends on a fall evening yeah absolutely I absolutely and so once once I came to that space and I realized that there are no rules here Mm -hmm. And I create them and I'm just looking for opportunities to connect with God. And as soon as I set that intention, I was presented with opportunities to connect with God, you know, and I, and there's so many different forms and terms for God. Mm -hmm. And I love them all, you know, I love them all. I really do. And I, I think, you know, the divine is one of my favorites. I love connecting divine and my own divinity. I love that. Um, but in terms of, of what I'm doing now, um, I, I use the, I use the word spirit a lot. Um, I'm, I'm connecting with the spirit inside of me. That is the spirit that connects all of us. Um, my inner guide, my high self, my high self is the part of me that really wants to become better and wants to become the best version of myself and reach my potential. And so when I work with people doing the work that I do, uh, spiritual response therapy, it's, it's really about introducing them to their high self, which is the part of them that, that does want to be the best version of them. And so really developing that relationship and realizing that you can call on this part of yourself in any given moment on any day and they will always try to guide you in the direction that's for your highest good. It's the same as intuition really. Your high self is your intuition, the gut feeling that you get when you are unsure about something and you can either listen to the voice of fear, which is usually your ego, you yeah, know, your for e- sure. Your ego talks a language that basically is the language of fear and, and, and that's its job, you know, and I'm not shaming it for that. I think the ego has a role. It's, it's to protect us in a lot of ways, but our high self has this other role, which is to really support us in meeting our potential in all areas of our lives. And that's what I'm doing with people. That's what I'm introducing to people and, and getting them to realize in terms of, what they can do and the voices inside that you can tune into and you can choose and distinguish which one is which. Do you find that with a lot of the people you work with, um, just because America is like, you know, historically more uh, Christian conservative that you run into a lot of people who feel similarly, especially because you also had a conservative Christian background as well. Right, right. Yeah, I do. And so I think I do have a a sensitivity to it. And um, I think that a lot of people, you know, just getting them to sit down with me, you know, and I I do get when even I remember you saying, I have to be honest, I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten that from a lot of people, you know, feeling nervous before working with me. And I think it's because, um, you know, we all do have some sort of a spiritual background. We, we, you know, we've all been introduced to spirituality and religion in some way, shape or form, you know, throughout our lives up until this moment. And so we're all carrying that energy around. We're all carrying those experiences around. And whatever those experiences have been, they affect how we view and the experience we have when someone is inviting us to sit down and release 
any of those negative experiences. Right, right. Because so, that's what I'm doing, right? I'm, I'm inviting people to sit down with me and release the past, release the negative part of the past. And, and that can be scary for people because, you know, I think that if you were told certain things about God or certain things about, you know, to be worried about or concerned about, or, you know, certain things are sin or certain things, you know, um, you're going to be punished for or, or whatever it is that you may have been taught to believe, um, you know, what I'm doing is, is really just trying to say, hey, you know, there, there's this energy inside of you that is really built up and just has this this place inside of you that's just negative because you you've had these negative experiences what would happen if we removed that negative energy and you were just able to focus more on what's for your highest good and what your purpose is in life and you know and people just like their their heads explode a little bit when i say that and they you know that's where the skeptic comes in because i feel like in this day and age we are we have been in a time of sacrifice and suffering and you know taught that that is the way you know that we do have to suffer in order to get anything good and we do have to sacrifice in order to get anything good and so for me to say well actually you can sit down with me for 90 minutes and we can just you know we can communicate with with your high self and we can remove all of that that bad energy People are like, hmm, I don't know, that seems too easy because I was taught that, that I had to sacrifice more in order to, to really be free or, you know, to be, to have access to heaven or, you know, and I'm so, I, here I am trying to say, well, I, I believe there's heaven on earth. We can create. Come on, yes. You know, I believe we can create heaven on earth by, by removing the negative experience energy, you know? And I, that's so good. Dang. And also, like, that's exactly, like, especially for me, coming from a Christian background, like, that's exactly what Jesus taught, was that the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning, like, it's here and it's now. And if we want it, like, you know, like, the, you know, I, I grew up believing just, like, the same thing that you're talking about, that, like, that I had to give something, that I had to give of myself, that I needed to kill off part of myself especially like dealing with like sexuality and being a christian being a gay man there was so much idea around you know i need to be of sacrifice like you know like narrow is the way that leads to salvation without realizing that you know like it's not so much that narrow it like the narrow path is is not uh, it's not killing oneself or like the spirit inside of us in order to get to heaven. The narrow path is narrow because it's so, it's like, it's the easy, it's like the easy answer in a way. It's almost just like access to the spirit, access to God is not done through a bunch of big sacrificial things. Like, you know, God is already present. And that's like the most simple and obvious thing that we are not even taught. It, it feels now to me, it feels like basic spirituality 101 that God is already present in you. But right. Right. so many people are taught that God is far off over there removed. Right, exactly. And, and I just want to say when you pray, you can pray to yourself. 
because you know you're you are God. You're just as much God than anything else, than anyone else, than than any anything you imagine mm-hmm. is is what I want to say. Because I I just like why wouldn't it be that way? You know why wouldn't we all just be a piece of God? Mm-hmm. There was a, there's actually a really good. Um... Oh, who is it? It's uh, Rumi has this poem that's based off of the Hindu idea of uh, the divine recognition or the mm-hmm. splendor of recognition. And it's the poem is God and I are two fat men in a boat. and We keep bumping into each other and laughing mm-hmm. because it's, it's this idea like the story of the splendor of recognition is that God creates the world, creates humans, hides God's self inside of humans and then makes God's self forget that God did that mm-hmm. so that if we just took some time that we would find God within us and like, Oh, I'm also divine. Yeah. Like God is not out out here in, you know, God is as much in the universe out here and all these stars and the, the wind and the fire and all these crazy things as much as God is the still small voice that is sitting right below my ego. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not even about learning, right? It's not learning that it's remembering that. Yeah. Remember we, I remember a little bit more every single day. Like I remember and uncover the God in me a little bit more every day. What do you find to be like when you're working with people, what's like the most, the more challenging things that you've come across in, uh, in your work? as far as working with people? I would say um, definitely specifically in the LGBT community, um, there there is a lot of hate of God energy, right? There is a lot, and I've, I've experienced that. When I, when I was rejected from a specific group or a religion, I withdrew, and, you know, something brought me back to realizing, like, this isn't about God, it's about this group of people. But so many people get stuck in thinking, no, 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 it is about God. Hmm. And, you know, and I find, because I, I, I have such a passion, obviously, to help this community, because this is my community, the right. LGBT community. And, you know, just getting people to even entertain the idea after all the wounding that they've experienced from religion and from their community and whatever it is, that they have so much hate of God energy built up that they don't even, they can't even entertain the idea of healing that. Right. Does that make sense? They can't even step outside of their hate of God that is so ingrained long enough to say, wait a second, this doesn't need to be here and I can actually heal. Mm-hmm. That's, I would say that's the hardest part. I mean like that, like I definitely know what you're talking about. Even myself now, like I find it difficult sometimes to interact with Christian communities. Um, even though like I definitely am a part of one and it's like the, the place where I live and operate. Um, but I, it's almost like it's like, there's like on the one hand, like I get it. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, like it's, you know, what you uncovered in our session together, but also just like what this, this kind of like truth I've always like known in like the pit of my stomach. It's not for their benefit, like to seek healing and forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it'd be good because like, I'll be able to like love people better, but at the same time, like it's so much more about my own journey as a person 
towards, mm-hmm. and, and it's only going to benefit me to seek healing and wholeness because to get that, you know, crap out of me, to get that hurt out of me is going to allow me to flourish in all of my other relationships. Yes. Yes. That is so true. Right. So, well, why would I want to heal my relationship with God? And why would I want to address all the, all of this hate of God energy? Because it's what's blocking you from the amount of joy you could be experiencing in all areas of your life, including romantic relationships, including family relationships, right. including your relationship with yourself. So hate of God is hate of self. Hmm. Say more about that. That's good. It's the same thing because, you know, this idea of we are God, you know, it's, it's just unescapable because we every we're powerful think of the things that we as humanity accomplish when we actually are in our right mind in our right heart and when we are actually aligned with our purpose and our passion the things that we can accomplish how, how do we accomplish those things you know because because we're god because we have divinity coming through us i don't even think it's about what we want to do in life i think it's <laughs> about what what God wants to happen through us. Come on. That's good. You know, like what, what piece of God are you delivering? What power are you allowing to come through you to make the world better? Yeah. And on top of that, people, I don't think realize their own divine expression of, of what God wants to do through them because they get wrapped up in either, um, the semantics of it, of like, you know, mm-hmm. how, you know, how do we talk about God? Like, especially again, I'll say like for my own thing, just like, you know, a year and a half ago, I would have never been open to talking about like, oh, I am God for God is in me and I am in God. And it's just one of these things that just is what it is like that perfect and divine union that mm-hmm. we're all seeking after. Um, mm-hmm. And realizing mm-hmm. that God expresses God's self in every single person through the just unique, you know, physiological and spiritual makeup that God places in every single one of us. And Mm -hmm. so whenever I encounter a person, even someone who like, I kind of like, you know, butt heads with like my question, I hope that I'm asking and I need to be asking is, what are you here for? And what do I need to learn from you? Right, exactly. And and that's it too. Because a lot of the times people end up coming to me because they are having relationship problems, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that'll be the purpose, right? That'll be their intention for wanting to work with me. And so, um, you know, having them realize or, try, or try, encouraging them to realize, you know, what is this person mirroring in you? Mm-hmm. You know, what part of you is this person representing? Because that's what we're doing, right? Everyone in our awareness everyone in our awareness, whether it's someone that's in your, um, in your everyday life or someone you just meet on a random day and you don't see again, you know, every one of them are representing a part of you. And if we can address that, if we can actually see it that way, mm-hmm. then we can become more whole. Cause that, that is an opportunity for wholeness to recognize, Oh, look, look at that part of me. I wonder if that part of me needs a hug. There's one thing we touched on in our session, and also I had a conversation with Jordan Bach a couple weeks ago, um, and we mm-hmm. he touched on the idea of past lives, um, mm-hmm. which is something I'm just like I, I like I I don't really have an opinion on because it's just like maybe it is maybe it isn't because I don't I can't see beyond the edge of my own life, mm-hmm. um, but you mentioned 
something that has really resonated me of, of like when our spirit, um, you know, comes into our body, like what if, what if we chose this, you know, Mm -hmm. what if we chose our parents? What if we chose, uh, I don't know, like if you would throw sexual orientation or gender identity into that thing or, or even our own bodies, like what, like, could you kind of touch on that a little bit? If, if that's part of your wheelhouse, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, just think, and... I think it's such a fascinating way to to look at things, especially um, when it comes to working on forgiveness and and working through like letting go of anger, like yeah. by thinking about the the idea of just like what if you actually chose this? Yes, I I love um, seeing it that way, and I encourage people to even if they you know, cause I never want to tell someone what to believe, but I encourage people to try ideas on, right? Mm-hmm. Try it on, try on the idea that you chose your mother and your father and your siblings, Ooh. And, you know, like you, you, before you entered your mother's womb, you know, and you were just a spirit, you contracted and signed up for the life that you're in right now in order to learn certain lessons that you have not learned in the past, you've tried to learn them in, you know, in past lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, I, I believe we come into our mother's womb as a spirit and all of our, what I call Akashic records, you know, which are basically our soul records from our past lives are downloaded into us. But we forget that, all of that stuff is from our past lives and it just kind of becomes our subconscious mind. It lives in our subconscious mind. Interesting. And, and so it's like our subconscious mind is filled with all of this stuff. Like think about your biggest fears, you know, like, like fear of snakes or, you know, fear of the dark or whatever it is. Where does that stuff come from? Because a lot of the times it's not from an experience in childhood. I mean, it, it might, you know, something might happen in childhood and, and then you develop a worse fear. But what, like when we're children and, and we have, we already have fears and we already have feelings and we already don't like certain people, you know, where does that come from? Hmm. Where does, you know, so to me, you know, we come into this life with fears and feelings about certain people because we've experienced a lot with that thing or that person in a past life. And a lot of the times if you pick a parent that you have experienced experiences with in a past life, it's because you're trying to work out some sort of karmic lesson. You know, you're trying to finally come to the understanding that they are there to teach you something, even if it's, Okay, so I'm supposed to learn that even though I'm I have nothing in common with that person and and I don't share the beliefs of that person, they still they're still a valid human being and they have an experience and I and I want to learn more about them and not judge them. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of what I've been sent here to learn in this lifetime, I believe, is is to stop judging other people's journeys, even if they don't choose to want to live to their potential. Right. You know, um, so I think, you know, in terms of thinking about, you know, if I chose my mom, if I chose my dad, what are they supposed to be teaching me? What can I learn from them? Because so, so much of our time is spent trying to change them, typically, Try, like fighting them and saying, you know, why are you my parent? 
And I, I don't understand, you know, why I have to be, have a parent that I have so much struggle with and so much conflict with. And, you know, I, I don't relate to them or I don't, you know, I'm nothing like them. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, they're representing something about you. And it's probably, it's probably a part that you don't want to look at. And yeah. it's, you know, a part that's such a deep wound that it's easier not to look at it. So your ego tells you, well, why would you want to heal with your dad? That doesn't feel safe because your your relationship with your dad is, has really been in turmoil for so long and you have so much resentment towards him and, and you know, why would you want to heal with him? And that's not safe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, then when you say, you know, and you realize you have a choice that, you know, you could just tell God that you want to heal with your dad and allow God to do the work because everybody always wants to know, well, how, well, how would that happen? What would I have to do? And it's like, well, when you hand something to God, God figures out how, and then you just get the news later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, it's not up to, like, that's the most huge thing that I tell clients and, and the biggest thing that I see people struggle with is trying to take responsibility for the how. It's not our job to figure out the how. It's mm-hmm. really not. It's yeah. it's God's job to deliver the how. As soon as we surrender it, as soon as we set the intention, I want to heal with my father. God, please show me how that can happen. And then all of a sudden, something comes that's an invitation, right? It's mm-hmm. an invitation that says, yes, it is time to start healing. A lot of times from the things that hurt us in the past, like we always want to know the why behind it too, the why behind suffering. And I think like, especially from, again, from Christian perspective, because that's what I work with, um, right. is that people will assign the why of like the death of Christ, for example, the crucifixion. And people say, like, oh, well, you know, he had to die for our sins and substitutionary atonement theory that, you know, like someone else had to suffer on your behalf. And I was like, no, I feel like that was just God saying, I stand in solidarity with your suffering. Like, I get it. Like, I hurt just as much as you do. And like, um, and it's almost just like, I, I look at it through like the lens of like the absurdity of suffering. It was just like, you know, death in and of itself, like yes, it's a part of life, but also just like so death sometimes is like suffering sometimes is meaningless. Sometimes, sometimes like we're so caught up with the why that it gets in the way of healing. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I'll, I'll probably never know the why behind mm-hmm. a lot of the things I've had to walk through. Um, but I, the thing I try to focus on is like, rather than always asking why and needing to understand a reason. Um, Cause like, even if I found out, like, is that going to really, bring me into a higher understanding of myself or is it going to bring me any peace rather than asking why maybe the better question is like what now what am I going to do with what I've been given what am I going to do with the time I have left right I love that and I also think that why can be replaced with thank you Ooh, come on gratitude is the medicine I mean the why is you know, I really think the answer to all of the why is 
it's a blessing. Like, like the why is it, it's a blessing. It's there for your healing. Everything that comes into your life that seems bad is actually a blessing. There's another poem by Rumi who you mentioned mm. earlier called The Guest House. Have you read that one? No, but I want to now. So The Guest House is amazing because it's all about inviting in everything. Like, even if it seems like a crowd of sorrows, even if it seems like, you know, like your entire house is being emptied out and you have nothing or, or whatever the case may be, whatever your, your horror story is that you could make up about what the worst thing in life could be, like even that, even that, like not questioning the why of it, but saying thank you because you trust God enough that God is going to replace it with this amazing blessing mm. that, that the only reason it's being taken from you and the only reason you are even going through it, the why is because it's actually a blessing in disguise. And, you know, I know that that whole blessing in disguise thing has been used a lot and, and, you know, can be seen as a little cliche, but I'm telling you, it's, it's the truth. Everything that's happening, good or bad is a blessing. And, and if we can say thank you to, to something that's happening, that seems bad, that's that's going to make it a quicker transition into actually seeing the blessing. Mm, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yes. Um, if you were, and this, because I, I have to start getting out of my Airbnb in a little bit. So I do sure. have like one more question. Um, to the person who is um, is seeking, you know, spiritual revelation, is seeking healing for themselves, but they're just like, too afraid to take the leap, whether it's to say yes to something God is doing, to getting some spiritual counseling with you or whatnot. Like, what is the one thing? Like, what's your, what is, if you could pick one thing to just like tell the world, like what's, what's your message? That you're here for a reason and it's, it's not a bad reason. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people like question their existence and, you know, they get so depressed and they're like, why am I even here? Everyone has a purpose. Everyone is here for an amazing reason and an equally amazing reason. And we're all equal, you know, we really are. And and if we can see that and we can activate our power and, and say yes to it and see more of the blessings and less of the negative and choose to focus on the good, you know, in any moment, I feel like that is all the the change that could change everything. That was my conversation with Jenny Lee Dowling. If you want to connect with Jenny Lee, you can check her out on the social medias at readings by Jenny Lee. That's Jenny Lee with one N, so J-E-N-I-L-E-E. And you can connect with her on her website and see all the fantastic sessions that she has to offer um, at readingsbyjennylee.com. And for a personal endorsement from me, if you are even the slightest bit curious about working with a, a spiritual healer, someone who is just a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but you feel like there could be something good, I can guarantee you working with Jenny Lee there's good to be had. There's nothing can hurt going forward. So either you'll walk into that space with her or get on the Skype line with her and it'll be something amazing 
or maybe it'll just be some encouragement for you. So either way, working with Ginny Lee is absolutely worth it. I know for me, it definitely uncovered a lot of my own personal issues that I didn't even know were lying down there. And it's helped move me into a more emotionally healthy space of how I view my creativity, of how I view myself, and how uh, I view forgiveness and things moving forward. So highly recommend working with Jenny Lee. She's a peach. Again, you can get with her at uh, readingsbyjennylee.com and at readingsbyjennylee all over the internet. As you know, and before I go, I wanted to let you know that I'm a part of the Bedlam Podcast Network, a collection of creatives sounding off about things that matter. Whether it's creative living, uh, mental divergence, or even how to take a dirty selfie, we probably have a podcast that'll connect with you. So head on over to bedlampodcast.com and see our full lineup of shows, and be ready for our newest podcast coming out this month, which is called Not So Dirty Talk. And be on the lookout for a bunch of crossover episodes that we're all scheming to try out in the coming six months. Um, we're really excited to share this, like share our, our passions with all of you, and we hope that you're going to join us for the journey. By the way, if you're someone who is at a church, part of a community group, you're a college student who has a a club on campus or a ministry on campus that focuses on LGBT issues or faith issues or anything in between, I'm available for, for speaking. And right now I'm booking for 2017. I'm working on lining up one event in Hampton Roads, Virginia, where I'm from, and there's more info on that coming up soon. But I'd love to book everything out for the rest of the semester, the summer, and the fall. So why don't you go ahead and contact me. Head over to thekevingarcia.com slash speaking. Send in a little bit of a request, and let's take care of this sooner rather than later, because I don't want to go through this year and not see you, friends. Um, additionally, I'm working on creating some live events here in Atlanta that... Um, I think would be really, really helpful for a lot of people. So be sure to, you know, be sure to be a subscriber at thekevingarcia.com so that you can be up and up on all the information. I think that covers everything. I don't really know what I'm going to do for next week's podcast yet, but I know that it's going to be delightful. So stay tuned, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, go over to the iTunes store, leave a rating really quickly because it seriously helps with visibility on the iTunes store and connecting more people with the work we're doing here. Once again, uh, I love you. I hope that you're having a great year so far. And uh, let me know how I can be praying for you. Leave it. Leave a comment below because I love you. Um, that's all for me. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin Garcia. I hope you loved it, and I hope that you know that you're loved. I'll talk to you next week, okay? Bye. Bye.